1: Welcome to the campfire. Absolutely.
2: It's a pleasure to be back here with you. My name's Tony.
1: My name is Peggy.
2: And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time.
1: In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips.
2: Tricks. And discounts. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're so excited. We are just about ready to leave for Quartzite here. Yes. And uh, hopefully, we will see you there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Quartzite later. But first, we had. A really good idea that a couple of people happened to bring up recently.
1: Yeah, we didn't have this idea. I just happened to see this idea or hear this idea a couple of times recently. And it's something that never really occurred to me that was a possibility. So if you're new to RVing and you feel like you could use some help learning to tow your RV and you don't know anyone directly, a couple different people have said that they hired... RV delivery drivers to spend a day with them and teach them.
2: Yeah, things like backing up and how to navigate traffic and that sort of thing. So if you don't know, the way RVs are delivered to dealers is somebody drives them or tows them from the factory to wherever your dealer is. So let's say like in Northern California, where the dealership I worked for was, you have a brand new travel trailer. Well, somebody with a pickup truck is hooking that up in Indiana or wherever it's built and literally towing it to the dealer. So there are tons of these delivery driver people who do this for a living and basically are driving motorhomes or towing travel trailers and fifth wheels all over the country all the time. Yeah. The dealer will know how to hook up with them.
1: Okay. So I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you that any driver will do this service for you. And it kind of feels like sometimes maybe those drivers are long haul drivers because they like to be alone and don't want to spend a day with anybody. Yeah, it
2: does. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, teaching somebody who's a novice to do something does take a degree of patience.
1: So I'm not suggesting that every delivery company you find is going to have the ability or the, the desire to spend a day teaching someone to tow but it is a direction that we never thought to suggest if you are looking for someone to teach you. Yeah,
2: just it's a nifty idea. Well, speaking of RVing and travel, coming
1: up, we have
2: a gentleman who we found out about and is just fascinating. And you will never believe one of the many unique characteristics of this guy. And so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this with a really Interesting gentleman, Lawrence Gunther.
1: People ask us how to get internet on the road. Campground Wi-Fi is more promised than deliver. And you want to be safe and secure. And Cell Phone Unlimited only goes for so long before you're throttled.
2: Yeah, it's not really unlimited, but the FMCA is here to the rescue again. This time with their Tech Connect package for FMCA members. TechConnect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with Sprint using a 3G, 4G, unlimited plan.
1: And it's another great FMCA deal for just $49.99 a month that you use it, plus a one-time equipment rental fee of $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month, so use it when you're on the road, park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not.
2: Upload your RV experiences, enjoy unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stress less.
1: This is another great reason to join FMCA, along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires, in addition to other ways to save on tech and so... Much more.
2: And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership. Just $79.99 when you go to our discounts and deals page on the Stressless Camping website.
1: Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member.
2: Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but data speeds might be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage.
1: Wow. Wow. This week we are so privileged to be able to speak to Lawrence Gunther and his daughter Lily. Lawrence is not only an RVer, he's also a conservationist, a professional angler, a sailor, an outdoor writer, a podcaster, a blogger, a filmmaker, a TV host,
3: <laughs>
1: Look at you, Dad! Lawrence hosts two podcasts, one with his daughter Lily, who's also joining us today. He has founded the Bluefish Canada charity. He has a documentary series called Lake to Plate. Oh, and um, as if all that weren't enough, Lawrence is blind. Lawrence and Lily, thank you so much for joining us. This is so amazing. Hi.
0: Hi. Yeah, well, it's amazing to be on your show. I love your podcast. I, I listen to every episode. And, oh. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I just love the concept of stressless camping, right? Because that's really what we dream about, isn't it? Right. You know, get away. And get, a and get away. <laughs>
4: right. No one goes camping and becomes get stressed out. So.
2: Correct, right. yeah. <laughs> now, I wonder, how in the world do you find you not sleep (laughs) (laughs) very
4: rarely actually you know
0: what less and less maybe as the years go by but i still need a lot of sleep i just find i like to find ways i can give back to society you know and you know i've had a lot of good fortune a lot of good things have happened to me a lot of challenges as well for sure but um you know, a lot of people, they look at someone who's blind and their first impression might be, wow, there's a, there's something I'd never want to be. I'd never want to be blind because what would you do? How could you live? What sure. kind of things could you do to have fun with? And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm trying to prove a point, but I do feel a little bit of pressure to demonstrate that I, I do things and I, I have things I love to do and I find ways to give back to society. So yeah, it's, uh. It's important
2: to me. It's important. So how long have you been RVing and and what got you into the RV world? Because you do, obviously, a a lot of what you do shows an appreciation for being outdoors.
0: Right. It was my mother, you know. Like my dad had a pickup truck and he put a shell on it and and he'd makeshift a bed in there for me and my three brothers and take us camping uh, for a weekend here or a week there. But that was, that was stressful. <laughs> you know, going somewhere with my dad wasn't easy. But my mother made it beautiful. She bought an old tent trailer, and she, you know, she'd load up me and my brothers, and we'd take off for two or three weeks at a time. And then later on, you know, she kept that tradition going. And I remember taking my wife with her, and and we went on a, a three-week camping trip. And my wife and I slept on the, uh, the dinette in their in their fifth wheel Mm -hmm. and we did that for three weeks out to atlanta canada i said to my wife afterwards i said hey maybe this is something we should do and she said yeah let's do that so we bought our first trailer in 2006 it was an outback 23rs we bought a yukon xl and uh, our only provision was with the sale of the trailer or the purchase of the trailer, we, we said, you know, my wife had never towed anything before in her life. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, I, I said, I want to make sure she's comfortable. And if she's not comfortable, we're not buying it. Right. And I said, can we take it for a test tow? And they said, yeah, yeah. So we just, they just hooked it up to the back of the Yukon. And the, the, the salesman jumped in the back seat and we took off, went around the block and she came back and, uh, and I, I said, what'd you think? honey? she goes, yeah, that's, that's fine then the the salesman said, well, the only thing I suggest is you slow down a bit going around the corner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good at math, but I took off my shoes and did a little figuring. And fifteen, Lily's fifteen, so that's right about the time that Lily was born, if I'm not mistaken. Correct?
0: Oh yeah, she she was in and belly at the time we bought that trailer. So oh wow! We wow. bought it, it looked, but when we took delivery the next spring, right? You know, we picked it up in March and Lily was like two months old. I was born in February. Yes, so she started camping at two, three months of age and hasn't stopped.
2: Wow, so you're a lifelong camper then Lily.
1: Excellent, Lily. I I am too. And that's what I always say. I have been camping since before I was born. So that's I think that's something to be proud of and happy about. You know, I tell my friends sometimes that I grew up in a trailer, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well now it's a badge of water. It was a bad life. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Or
4: sometimes that I often sleep in Walmart parking lot.
1: That's, that <laughs> That's a good opening conversation starter, right? Like, oh yeah, I slept in a parking lot last night at Walmart. <laughs> Wait, what?
0: <laughs> well, we do about 30 to 40 days a year in the trailer. Okay. And uh, our biggest stretch was 90 days. We did a 90 day trip. We went up to uh, the West Coast of San Diego and then we went up the West Coast of Vancouver Canada and then back across, you know, through uh, Yellowstone and and, uh, North Shore Superior. It was, uh, I think it was 11,000 miles.
2: Wow. That is a long trip. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long trip. And I do all the planning. And my
0: wife said, look, when I was talking to her about this trip and trying to get her excited about doing it, she said, it just sounds too overwhelming. She said, just plan it and then tell me where we're going the
2: next day. That's all I want to know. (laughs)
1: That's pretty much how Tony and I do it. Yeah. He gets behind the wheel and says, "All right, what address do I put in the GPS?" Yeah, <laughs> right. It's uh,
2: tell me where to. Where point are we this going thing.
1: today?
0: <laughs> yeah, and the other deal we made was that if she drove a whole day, we had two days off, and if we drove two days in a row, you know, it's not in a Walmart parking lot or a truck stop, we took four days off, and uh, it just slowed things down enough that we were able to really appreciate you know, all the beautiful national parks and scenery that we visited over that
1: period. Yeah, we really learned that lesson. I mean, we've been talking about this and talking to people and, you know, and we've heard it and repeated it and said it and and advised it. And then we lived it and found out that we went too fast on our trip this summer. Yeah. (laughs) We spent too many miles behind the wheel and not enough days of just sitting around and or, or exploring around and enjoying it. So
2: Well, we also had a destination. We
1: did. And so we did a do-over. We did a two-month trip where we went too fast, and then we did a two-month trip where we went nice and slow. Wow.
0: Yeah. My, my mom taught me that Like uh, as a kid. And my older brother was 16, and he could drive with the tent trailer. You know, he just wanted to go. What's her destination? And get on the highway and get there. <laughs> and my mom always took us off the highway and onto the secondary roads and uh-huh. through all the little towns and along the shorelines and everything. That was, she said that getting there is the big part of the trip, right? Not just, yeah. not just getting there, but how you get there. You got to take the time and stop and look and explore. And- yeah.
2: In your case, your wife is the driver and you're the planner, I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm not good at backing up uh, or telling her how to back up. And <laughs> thank goodness for Garmin, you know, in terms of maps and everything. If we When we started, you know, 16 years ago, we did maps. And, you know, it always made me nervous when she had to stop and look at the map and mm. figure out where we were and, or open the map while she was driving.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, with, with the electronics now and I have, you know, my, my phone talks, my laptop talks, so... You know, I'm totally plugged in and, and searching and planning and all that stuff. And 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 the Garmin, you know, that, that thing has all the things you need. Okay, getting tired. Well, where's the next Walmart? And there it <laughs> is. Good. Okay, 17, 17 miles or whatever. But I plan. I, I do the booking. You know, I do all the outdoor stuff when we hook up. My wife says that if it wasn't for me, she wouldn't go camping because she wouldn't know half the things how to do it all, like on the outside. Right. We get there. We get there and she does all the inside, you know, unpacking. I do all the outside hooking up and unpacking. But um, there's one thing she won't let me do, though. And that's when, we're, when we get to the campsite itself. After we book in and check in and, and find our campsite number, she goes, she gets out, she checks it all out, figures it out, and then she backs in. But I'm not allowed to get out of the, uh, the truck until she's all backed in. <laughs> because the few times we did that, you know, I get out of the truck with my white cane. First of all, I think people see us coming in and they see a woman driving and a guy sitting in the passenger seat. And they go, oh, what's going on there? So it gets, you know, people get curious. Mm-hmm. And then if I get it with a white cane, the guys come over to help. Help my wife back in because they think she they need her help. Mm-hmm. And then you know you end up two or three guys at different parts in your campsite, and they're all yelling different things
4: at her. That's <laughs> why we have shaded windows on our truck, oh, right? That's, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know they all want to mansplain, right? All oh, want to mansplain how to back in the trailer, and she and it just rattles her. Yeah, so I don't get out until she's got the thing all backed in, and then she says, "Okay, come on out." And then I do the I check the level. I've got uh, a good
2: touch for that. So. Now, the funny thing to do would be if somehow you could, if your windows were dark enough, you could switch seats before both of you get out, <laughs> and then you get out of the driver's get seat with, with the cocaine. white cane. <laughs> or you
4: could put little Theo in the front seat, too. Yeah. <laughs> Lily's
2: little
0: brother. I do drive the truck a little bit, but not really. Like, I don't want to get into trouble. The only time I ever drive the truck is at the boat launch. You know, if my friend drives my boat up onto the boat trailer and the water's really cold, he doesn't want to get out of the boat and walk through the water to get to the truck. I always tell him, just leave, make sure the wheels are pointed straight ahead. And then I'll get in the truck and he'll drive the boat onto the trailer and I'll hook it. You know, I'll do the hooking and the winching. And then I'll just get in the truck with the window open and put it in drive and just pull ahead. And then he'll just yell up, or she'll yell up from the back of the boat, Okay, keep going, keep going. All right, keep going. All right, stop. And then, you know, <laughs> and then, but people, my friends say, people get scared when they see me with my white chains walking over to the driver's <laughs> door, in.
2: <laughs> I don't know if you've ever driven in, in LA. I believe you may be a better driver than a good number of folks down there.
4: Well, I'll tell you this. Me and my little brother have had conversations about this, and apparently we both have a reoccurring nightmare that we are in the back seat, and we look up, and Dad is driving. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's reoccurring for both of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you completely blind or partially sighted? Or
0: I was registered blind at age eight and I was missing the central vision then. And then uh, by my early 20s, it spread out and um, I had to get something. So I either, it was either get a white cane or get a guide dog. And that was in 1986. So I, I went and got myself a guide dog. Mm-hmm. I've had a guide dog, different guide dogs ever since. That's 36, 37 years now I've been using guide dogs. And thank you everyone for donating to that because I tell you, I, I love dogs and having a guide dog means I can take my dog everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we a double bonus. That's how I get around. I mean, I learned how to use a white cane since because you know, you get in between dogs, I right, get stuck at home and sometimes it's just good. I use both. Like when we go hiking, I'll have the dog and, and the harness in on one hand, I'll have a, a good walking stick or a white cane in the other hand, you know, for feeling the rocks and, things like that, you know, the obstacles, and uh, just makes it go a little faster for the dog. He doesn't have to stop and point everything out. <laughs> so we, we do a lot of outdoor stuff together. Actually, we made a whole series of videos um, a couple of years ago, just before COVID hit, called Makings of a Guide Dog, and you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Ten short videos where I took eight young guide dogs in training, and I worked with the trainers, and I taught the trainers the kinds of things I teach my guide dogs in terms of outdoor stuff, like ice fishing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, canoeing, all the stuff I love to do and have to teach my guide dogs how to do when I get them. And now the the CNID Guide Dog Program, they, they, they actually teach these dogs all of these skills now.
1: Wow, so I left out in my list that you're also a dog trainer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> So you, you have two podcasts that you do. Tell us about... Those, because one you do with Lily, and and one not.
0: Yeah, when I Lily and I started together, it was in September 2020, and uh, it comes out every two weeks. It's called Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. I was approached by um, Accessible Media Inc. It's a nonprofit organization here in Canada. I do a lot of TV stuff for them and other stuff, an environmental show. And they said, Lawrence, can you do a podcast that really showcases how you do it in the outdoors? And I said, yeah, but I said, I want to go a little bit further. I want to sort of engage young, blind and low vision people to do that, because I think a lot of young people with those disabilities, they get so caught up in technology, they become cut off from nature. So um, that whole podcast is to inspire young people who live with vision loss to uh, try to connect with outdoor stuff, doing outdoor stuff. And so getting Lily on board with that is just, you know, I'm an old white guy, you know. I appeal to
4: the
1: masses. Lily, everyone loves the podcast because of Lily. (laughs) Yeah, kids don't believe that adults know what they're talking about a lot of times. Teenagers are like, oh, what do you know? You don't know. You don't understand my life. You didn't live when you weren't 18, 16, 15 ever. (laughs) You know what's
2: what's frustrating? Before my dad passed away, so many times I would be doing something and, and just think, Ah, oh, it, He was right, and I'd have to call him and go. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do that'll never happen. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's so that's
1: excellent that you have Lily giving the kids perspective, so kids don't feel lectured at.
2: Yeah, no, it's exactly,
0: and I learn a lot from Lily. She does a lot of research, and uh, her segment's called "Getting Schooled." So uh, she's always got some cool stuff. We just recorded one now on uh, on crystals. Lily's really into crystals, so she. Does oh, excellent. All- yeah, a whole little segment there on crystals, And the other podcast I do is, is the Bluefish Radio Show. And I started that in 2012. I think we're up to episode 350 or something. It comes out every two weeks. And it's, it's my way of sort of reaching out to uh, angling, the angling community, researchers, scientists, First Nations people, Indigenous people. It's all about how to fish sustainably, how to make sure uh, the water resources are, we respect that and they're in good shape. Because I often think, you know, mm-hmm. when I started this, that a lot of people saw water as the great machine to make things disappear. You know, toss it in. Whoops, yeah. out side <laughs> <out of mine. laughs> and the stuff we toss in now, it's not, it's not organic anymore. Like for thousands and thousands of years, everything we had was organic. You toss it in, it was, it was okay. Right, But that's not the case anymore. So, you know, I, I visualize my world. Now I'm totally blind. And I visualize my world from the moment I get up in the morning. And I, I extend that visualization to the underwater world. Like I do some scuba, my fishing lures are my uh, fingertips. You know, when I cast them out there, I feel what's going on out there, which are my fishing rods and lures. So I, I, I visualize that underwater world. And um, I I got really good at tournament fishing and I did about, I've done about 150 tournaments, but I realized I don't care about winning the tournament so much. I am really more uh, interested in um, trying to convince other people that we really need to pay attention to this, these resources if, if they're going to be around mm-hmm. in the
2: future. Wow. And do you also incorporate fishing with RVing? Is that something where when you're planning your journeys? Oh, yeah okay
0: oh, no. <laughs> uh, we have one of those porta boats from california oh, those things are oh, are great boats. yeah i love yeah. those yeah so uh, it's on the roof rack it's
4: always on the roof rack <laughs> <laughs> my
0: kids my kids grew up in that porta boat too right like they, they've been in that portable i've had it since 2006 so uh yeah oh. with a little electric motor on the back and and i've got i've developed we're not developed but i I've hired, uh, a whole bunch of technology into that thing, like sensors and talking depth sounders and GPS that talks. So now, I, I, you know, right from the beginning, I've been going out in that boat by myself. Wow. It's just a little electric boat. Yeah, it doesn't go fast, but it gives me the ability to get out there, you know, on my own and fish.
1: And yeah.
0: I haven't run anyone over. <laughs>
4: of course I know. Theo came okay close a couple times. <laughs>
0: No, it, it doesn't go fast. It goes maybe seven miles an hour at yeah. top speed, and uh, with all the sensors and I. But really, I, I hear, I feel the wind. You know, you can hear everything around you on the water. Yeah. So it's pretty safe for everybody involved. I have a bigger boat as I have bigger boats as well, and I, I don't drive them. No, he doesn't. Don't <laughs> I worry. Really like to drive.
4: I like to drive, but oh, you do uh,
1: sail.
0: I do sail, yeah. And, and I'd love to sail more, but you, there's only so much you can fit into the summer up in Canada. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've, I've done a competitive uh, blind international sailing regatta in San Francisco, and uh, I actually won a race in 2010 down there, a sailing race. A lot of blind people sail. They love it.
2: That's huh. really cool. With the Uh if you ever get a chance... Look up a thing called a puddle duck. It's a boat made out of plywood that a friend and I built, and I have it outside. And it's basically a bunch of four by eight sheets of plywood.
1: It's a little bit harder to put on the roof. Oh though. yeah, oh yeah. No, the
2: porta boats are they're super awesome.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. That I mean, that portable really is an RV'er's boat for sure because you can. They have wraps, you can put it on the side, hanging it on the side of your RV yep. and it fits on a roof rack. You can slide it in, you know, into, into the door and just shove it in, you know, into the hallway or whatever. It's, you know, there's a million ways to carry it.
1: Our friend Dave has one and we always go coastal camping at Christmas time and he uses it to go out and set his crab traps. Yeah.
2: They're
0: pretty stable, Hey, eh? Like they're, they're, they're not rocky boats at
2: all. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. I mean, here's something that folds up and it doesn't sink. <laughs> That's, yeah. it, it impresses me.
4: That was a good form, actually. I never
2: thought of that. No. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that, you know, it would leak at the seams, but nope. No, they've <laughs> done a super job with it.
0: The other thing we did is we left to go visit aquariums, uh, you know, big aquariums and the Monterey and the Shed in Chicago. And so that's one of the things we did on that big long camping trip we took is we, uh, I think we had six aquariums, seven aquariums. And, no, and I don't
4: know at this point. At some point, they just blurred together, and I knew <laughs> at the end of the trip, I knew more about everything in the aquarium than the tour guide did.
0: <laughs> 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 well, I, we'd get these backstage tours. It was fantastic, and and the kids would, uh, you know, there's a lot of hands-on stuff in the aquarium. So, and it, when it wasn't, I'd get the kids to describe what they were looking at through the window. So we we had a lot of fun making those podcasts for sure.
2: Now, Lily, is there a particular area? that you're interested in? It sounds like, for example, you really absorbed a lot of the aquarium-related information.
4: Well, at that point, when I, I was nine at the time, oh, I was little, I wanted to be a, mar- a marine biologist at the time. Okay. Because I always, wanted, I always wanted to be a veterinarian. And I was like, ooh, I have too many animal allergies. I need to become a vet of something that isn't <laughs> hairy. So I went for a marine biologist. Okay. And I kind of, like, I grew up around fish and water stuff. So, I pretty much whenever I'd go into an aquarium, I was always super interested by the jellyfish and the fish, and the, you know sometimes sharks. Mm-hmm. I always like the underwater stuff. Okay.
0: Okay. Now she likes boys.
4: No, <laughs> that's not
0: true. <laughs>
4: that's just a generated response. <laughs> not
0: yet.
1: You talked about doing a schooling segment. Do you homeschool at all, or no? No. Okay. No, I'm I'm at a normal public high school. Okay. It's a art school though. Yeah. So your big trips are usually summertime trips. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, when the kids were younger,
0: we would take off in March and head down to Florida and, and North Carolina. We've been to a few times. The Outer Banks. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah. So we we've, we've come down to the states quite a bit, and then in the summer. When it's too hot down south, we, we stay up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, you know, rolling around up here in Canada to our provincial parks, national parks and other camping opportunities. Okay.
2: And you had talked about conservation and fishing ecologically. Is that a component of this series Lake to Plate?
0: Lake to Plate is a way to showcase that when you go fishing, you can do it with the right knowledge. You can harvest fish. It doesn't always have to be catch and release, right? If it is catch and release, it's all about how to make sure they go back healthy, but you should be able to harvest fish as well. And if you pick the right species in the right locations, for sure you can do it sustainably. And I think there's nothing more powerful than eating fish that are growing wild in our rivers and lakes and shorelines of oceans, maybe even some of the uh, the forest that's growing along the shore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we, we get involved, some of the local farmers and winemakers and beer makers that are in the area. And we bring all these people together, the foragers, the guides, the scientists, the farmers, the brewers, the vineyard makers. And then we put together a feast on the shore with all our, everyone brings something. It's like a potluck. Everyone's bringing an ingredient. And we celebrate nature and we celebrate the bounty and, and the hard work of all these entrepreneurs. And many of them, they know of each other. They all live in the same rural areas. But they're also busy working in their in their businesses. they They never have a chance to actually meet each other. Sure. So they're quite often, and they're sitting down at this table on the shore for you know picnic tables for the first time and actually sitting across from these other people in their community and, and making these connections. It sends a really good message that eating local, eating wild, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's totally sustainable when you when you use the right knowledge to guide you on that.
2: Very cool. Now, for people out there who might feel intimidated to go into nature for whatever reason, whether they have some perceived limitation or whatever, are there any really good resources that you can point to that people might be able to learn from?
0: I think it's important to bring your kids down to shorelines. And I think that's something our viewers do is, you know, we always want to be around rivers and lakes and, and oceans and beaches. And where you have that land and water coming together, it's like a synergy. You know, it's really, you've know, got these two totally different life forces that touch. And at that point of touch, there's this cornucopia of life that children need to experience. And some psychiatrists say that if you deny your children that opportunity to experience that, they're missing out on a hugely important part of their development as children. And it also forges these huge bonds to nature at that point. So I love when families RV and get out in the country, It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be off the grid necessarily. It's whatever your comfort level is. And there's so many great resources now on the internet, YouTube. And if you want to learn about fishing sustainably, you know, harvesting sustainably or catch and release sustainably, we've got a ton of resources on the bluefishcanada.ca website. It's all by species, all relevant to North America. A lot of free downloadable materials there and multimedia materials as well. It's It's a charity, and uh, we love to produce that stuff and give it away. So that's bluefishcanada.ca.
1: That's perfect.
2: And then to learn more about your travels, let our audience know your podcasts and where to find you.
0: Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. That's on all the podcast providers. And then um, I have a website. It's called lawrencegunther.com. I put up some of my writing. I do a fair bit of writing. So you can find that there in my reflections on uh, sustainability, environmental issues, that sort of thing. I've got a few websites. i got another one called Feel the Bite, and it's all my fishing tips and navigating tips. And uh, the Blind Fishing Boat website is all my tips for navigating blind on the water or fishing blind. And all the tips. i got a lot of articles on how to fish blind and how to just navigate your your rowboat, your canoe, your kayak on the water blind as well on that
1: site. Wow. And those can all be found from the lawrencegunther.com site. There's links. Yeah. Links to all of that. Okay. We will put those links on.
2: Yeah. We'll share those links with our audience as well. What a pleasure to speak with both of you today. The number of cool things that you do yeah. just is really impressive. Well,
0: thanks, Tony. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I, I, you know what you guys do too is great. I mean, I, I love reading your RV reviews. I, I love RVs. We're on. We just bought our third one.
4: Yay!
0: We <laughs> <All laughs> right. so had a big hand at that. Oh, good.
4: What <laughs> you get? A uh, Jayco. Uh, what's the number? It's
0: a Jayco J flight thirty-two. 32- BH. VH.
2: BHDS, double slide. Wow. So a fairly large trailer.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, we have lots of family. But we also decided that, like, we sold our Keystone Bullet, and we had a 2294 uh, bunkhouse Keystone Bullet, lightweight, super low aerodynamic. And we've been towing that around for 10 years and long, long trips. But with and Theo, you know, in high school now and less able to come out of school, we just wanted to do more long-term camping. Not seasonal, mm-hmm. but we have places we love to go and they're not far away. So we're going to do we're doing more of that. You know, we'll put the trailer somewhere for a month or three weeks here, two weeks there. So less traveling, but we still want to keep that sort of lifestyle closer to home. So we can get back and forth and if the kids have something going on you know a game or something a baseball game or you know what if lily's into something. <laughs> dance. <laughs> well, thank so, you lily does a little modeling too so, huh? so we need to be hosted at home more right so yeah this is what we call our mobile cottage it's You know, that's when we were looking at this new trailer.
1: That's excellent. Because at one time you actually owned a cottage, right? One of the things you pointed out is it's great, except you always have to go to the same place. You don't get to explore a lot of different places.
0: Yeah, I bought a cabin back in 1987. I had it for 13, 14 years. It was great. You know, as a university student, I had no money. So I just went up to that cabin on the East Coast and I fished cod with the local codfishers out there. Made some money. They let me on their little homemade boats and I could jig just as good as the rest of them I was crew, they paid me after like 14 years, I I, I loved the cottage but it was so much upkeep and so much work and it was just always the same thing over and over every year and I say, fish, I love it But I thought it's just too much. Keeping two houses up, it was just taking too much out of me. And uh, I I just think, you know, with an R V, he's just towed into the the repair shop and say, Oh fix this for you.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna go home for a while, you fix it.
0: (laughs) Uh, And if you don't go to your R V every weekend you don't feel bad about it, right? I mean, you can do other vacation stuff and not feel bad about not using your RV.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know what it's like up in Canada, but another big thing about having an RV as opposed to a cabin, no property tax. No, exactly. If you
0: (laughs) you don't like your neighbors, you just hook up and move. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true too. (laughs) You know, we're not the kind of people that just sit around the campfire every day. We go somewhere, we unhook, and then we go explore. Or we go, you know, get to a trail or a little town or museum, you know, aquariums. We go fishing. That's, that's what we do. Our, our RV is just our home base kind of thing. And we just plunk it down and then go explore. But what we're going to do now, though, is we're going to just enjoy life more and explore more locally and just plant this thing around. We've got some beautiful spots that we're putting in. Oh, there. that's
2: fantastic. And so I have to ask also Lily, since she's like the mid-teen years, is, is camping more appealing, less appealing, or the same now for you at 15?
4: No, it's the same. Okay. I, I'm probably I'm probably a rare exception because a lot of people my age, I notice, don't like hanging around with their family as much and want to just hang around with their friends.
2: <laughs> that's because most of the people your age, their parents probably aren't as cool as yours. True. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got
4: to go tell me that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, nice. I'm sure. You know, how much did he pay you to say that? <laughs> yeah, actually... I was never really big on tech, even when, even now, even when I was a kid. It's my friends actually make fun of me in school for how little I know how to use technology huh. because I've always been outside. So no, I, 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 Dad always says, "Yeah, you guys are growing up. You might not want to go camping with us as much." And I'm like, "No, that's not true." <laughs> Great. I want to go. I want to go camping.
2: That's fantastic. Oh well, yeah, Lily made sure that our new trailer had a bunkhouse in it. Because,
4: well, yeah, that's just because if I have to go anywhere long term with my little brother. I will
1: end up killing
2: him if we don't have our own thing. Oh, well, yeah. That, well, that, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, and Lily, you're almost to the driving age, so pretty soon you'll be hooking that thing up and going on your own trips.
4: Oh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a natural driver like my mom, but, you know, she's she actually was in the car and she's like, Lily i got to call the driving school and get your G1. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> 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 oh, no that means I have to start driving dad everywhere, too. Oh, That's <laughs> right. Chauffeur <Yeah>. duty.
0: <laughs> I think, too, like this bunkhouse, you know, the bunkhouse we got. I work from home. And that bunkhouse, the way it's configured, there's a huge space in there with a door. That's good. So you know, if Lily's not there, Lily and Theo aren't there What's me for a I'll just, you know, I'll say to my wife, I'll stay here for a few days and I can work out of this. I'll turn it into my office, like yeah. a temporary office, right?
4: So that was a selling point me and moms couldn't use to convince them to get one with a bunkhouse.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, you can do <laughs> this into your office, Dad.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Yeah, that, well, that <laughs> makes sense.
1: So you have a guide dog. You know, I know a lot of people that have to leave their dog in their camper or something. And you have, I guess, an advantage that you don't have to leave them in the camper but are there any challenges that you do have with having a dog on your travels?
0: We have my guide dog and we have another dog and a family pet, because you can't turn a guide dog into a pet as much mm-hmm. as my kids would like to. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,
4: that's what he thinks.
0: That's what he thinks. But he doesn't see you. Lewis. <laughs> no, no, say, my kids know that, you know, you can't feed them by hand. You can't. There's a lot of things you can't do with a guide dog as, sure. as to make him a pet. But I find with the two dogs, yeah, there's lots of times where we leave them in the RV, and they're fine. You know, it's their second home as well, right? And as long as they know it's their home and you're coming back, but all your stuff's in there, so they know you're coming back. Mm-hmm. As long as you get back before it gets dark. I think that's <laughs> the main thing. They, they want you to get back to the trailer before it gets dark.
4: Also, as long as they're together, because our two dogs, like, they're, they're best friends. You know, the guide dog and the little little doodle, they're best friends. So we can't take the guide dog places and leave these little oh, ones. Oh, sure, About
0: sure. When old. We need, they, either both of them come or both of them stay. Right. Well, there's that too, for sure. But there's lots of times, you know, where I'll bring the guide dog somewhere and and, uh, and the other dog stays and, you know, we mix it up. But if I'm camping with my family, I'm really fortunate that I have my family and as much as my teenage daughters don't want to walk with me anymore hold my hand in public. <laughs> you don't need to <laughs> hold your hand. That's, that's not fair. Four years ago, that
4: wasn't an issue. I am convinced that he stopped holding my hand before I stopped holding <laughs> <it>. oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not the okay. well, case. You know, like every teenager, you can't kiss them on the cheek in front of their friends. I don't uh,
4: care. The
2: that's
1: Theo. That's Theo. <laughs>
2: Yep, that's the age. Yeah, it's the age.
1: <laughs> well, Lawrence and Lily, we sure do appreciate your time, and what a fascinating story you have. I really love that Lily's so involved with it and not <laughs> and not doing that teenager thing of just putting her nose in the phone.
4: <laughs> right? Well,
0: we'll, see. we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thanks you guys. Thanks for having
2: us. Yeah, and we encourage everybody to go and check out all the wonderful things you're doing and thank you again.
1: Yes. Thanks for having us. You yeah.
2: betcha. Have a terrific day. Yeah, you
0: too. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Teddy. We'll okay. see you guys, uh we'll see you
2: guys around. I, hope. Okay. I sure hope so, and thank you.
1: Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground?
2: Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road.
1: Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree?
2: Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard.
1: Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey.
2: You can set parameters such as how far you wanna travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops and Even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more.
1: Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble.
2: If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on stresslesscamping.com where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now Now that's Stressless Stressless Camping.
1: Camping. So we try to convince Lawrence and his daughter, Lily, to come to Quartzsite. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe someday we'll convince them. But we want to just kind of share some ideas that we have about enjoying Quartzsite.
2: So what is Quartzsite?
1: Well, what Quartzsite literally is, is a town. Uh,
2: Okay. (laughs)
1: In southern, southwestern Arizona. Yeah. and Not much of a town. It's not much of a town. It's a small desert town. And... Most of the year, it's got like 1,200 people or something in it. But in the winter time, when the weather in Arizona is beautiful and the weather in, I don't know, anywhere, anywhere north of there is not, <laughs> the population booms to half a million, I think, something like that, in RVs for the most part. Yeah. So, for
2: example, we had a friend yesterday... Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 11th of January, and they reported that yesterday in Quartzsite, because they're already there, it was 72 degrees. Yeah, that's
1: shorts weather,
2: that's ladies shorts and gentlemen. That's shorts weather,
1: and this is January. So, yeah. so Quartzsite becomes a destination for what's known as snowbirds—people who travel south and/or travel to warmer climates to avoid the snow—and Quartzite becomes a big, thriving, fun place to hang out. now,
2: Especially for RVers. I mean, it is yeah. a mecca for RVers.
1: A lot of what you can do or see in Quartzite, well, I mean, some of it is permanent, but there are a lot of pop-up businesses as well because yeah. the business owners said, hey, look at all those people that are looking for you know, a grocery store or a whatever kind of store, I'm going to make one, but I don't want to live there all year because it's too hot in the south. Right. So
2: they literally, <laughs> so it is an ocean of RVs, but also kind of a sea of tents. <laughs> and in those tents are just about anything you can imagine for RVs from repairs and maintenance to
1: washcloths and carpets yeah it's like a giant i always say it's like the whole town is like a giant swap meet yeah
2: that's pretty much true and then the heart of this whole rv centric experience is the quartzite sports vacation and rv show and we have interviews with the founder kenny king Mm -hmm. and we have an interview with kimmy king who's taking it over the family business
1: that's kenny's daughter
2: yep and Kimmy just had a baby. Congratulations.
1: Yes. Raising the third generation yeah, the of the third sports, generation of... RV and super... I R- can never remember the, the sports,
2: RV <laughs> and travel show.
1: That's it. And vacation. <laughs> oh, now we're all See? blowing it. Yeah. <laughs> of the show. Yeah. The third generation of but show manager. But anyway, <laughs> in that is...
2: It's like a giant circus tent. I mean, giant. Yeah. And there's... Dips and RV batteries and repairs and tires. I, I mean, just anything you can imagine is in there. Anything I mean, that would make the RV
1: life easier. Yeah. And then snacks. And yeah. and outside the actual Cookware. tent area is, you know, like I said, kind of a pop-up city. So there's a guy who has an ice cream booth that's run by a, a hit and hit miss, miss farm and engine. And it's so fun. It's not cheap ice cream but it's it's delicious ice cream and it's fun to just watch the engine run yeah and then there's a pop-up bar called beer bellies oh
2: yeah you'll find me there
1: (laughs) it's also known as the adult daycare yep which is where i send tony when i (laughs) yeah so we will be at
2: quartzite from The entire length of the Quartzsite Sports Vacation and RV Show from the 22nd of January through the 30th. Yes. And we have prizes we're giving
1: away. We do. And we
2: have some other content creators who are coming. So for example, Saturday, come and meet some of the people from Girl Camper Magazine and Girl Camper. They have a whole bunch of things. They have local chapters and more. Saturday the
1: the the 29th. 29th. Mm-hmm.
2: and more there will and be more. other other flipping courtney the flipping nomad will be there
1: right so we will be talking more about the schedule of that and we will be posting a schedule so if you're looking for your favorite content creator and you know that they're in court site hopefully they have gotten in touch with us or you make sure you tell them to get in touch with yeah. us and they will have opportunity to spend time in that media booth so that their listeners and their fans and their followers can come and meet and greet with them.
2: Yeah, so that's the the point. We have this booth on the outside of the Big Ten in the Midway, as they call it. It's just for content creators to meet up with their audience. So if you're a content creator and you're listening to this, or if you know of one, if you have a favorite who is going to be in Quartzsite, we encourage them to come and have a time at the booth so they can meet with their fans and the people who appreciate their work.
1: And if you're not a content creator, we still hope that you will come and see us. We have had quite a few people of listeners and friends of ours that said they're gonna be in town. And yeah. so oh, a we lot. will be looking forward to having people stop by and talk to us at the booth and maybe go get an ice cream or a beer together. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and we have articles on Quartzite as well as our previous interviews with Kimmy and with Kenny. And so we'll put links to those in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of links, there's going to be a link to the Airstream International 25FB, which was one of the RVs I reviewed uh-huh. last week in my daily RV review column on rvtravel.com.
1: So this sounds like an RV of the Week report. It does. That's <laughs> exactly
2: what it is. And so, you know, we all know what an Airstream is, right? I mean, there's no surprises there. As you know, it's not like all of a sudden they have a new purple one, but they have done some really interesting innovative things with this model and several others in their line. One of those is they have a giant hatchback available on the back of the trailer so you can load in, like, your bikes or kayaks or that kind of thing. This 25 series is available either with twin beds in the front or with a queen bed in the front. But if you get the twin beds, basically the hallway runs the entire length of the interior of this trailer.
1: You could put a really long kayak in there. Yeah, or if you happen to be a
2: pole vaulter or you, like... (laughs) Cost cabers or things like that. Why? There you go. There's plenty
1: of length for that. It's a really good layout. I do love that floor plan. really is.
2: So another thing that they have as an option is a power sit stand desk. So you could literally have this trailer configured with a specific desk and it comes with a chair. Mm-hmm. And that desk is right next to where the TV is, which happens to have an HDMI input.
1: So you can use it as a monitor. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: that's another nifty thing I liked about this. But the most significant thing, even though those two things were cool. Airstream now has several places where they put a QR code, which is those weird little computer codes that your phone can read. Mm -hmm. And it leads you directly to the manual and instructions for your specific trailer.
1: That is
2: good. Now, a lot of the RV industry is going to digital manuals, but you could maybe find that the manuals you get are pretty generic. This is much more specific and includes service videos and information you can use on how to operate the trailer. There's a lot of neat things. Now, you know, let's be honest. This is hundred and The way I configured it on their website was $125,000. That's an expensive trailer.
1: Yes. (laughs) But you do get some
2: really neat features. Uh, It has sea level tank monitors, which I really like. They don't go in the tanks. Speaking of which, I need to fix ours before I go. Oh, yeah. And a lot of things, you know, the value is is it right for you? Who knows? But Hopefully, some of these nifty features will trickle down to other RVs. Anyway, go check out my review on the Airstream International 25 FB.
1: And if you want us to have one, send $10,000 to (laughs) ah, ah.
2: Hey, that could be somebody's resolution.
1: Oh, it could be somebody's resolution. I think that Tony is helping me segue into this week's question of the week, which was, do you make resolutions?
2: Yeah, and a lot of people don't.
1: A lot of people don't. I think everyone who responded said they don't. Now, I do like Brad's philosophy. Brad said, I don't. I figure if and when I need to make a change... Why wait for the new year?
2: Well, it is kind of a, a marker, right? Well, I mean it's sure. like, all right, I'm gonna
1: Sure it is. But if you say, you know, I really need to stop smoking and it's July, but I'm gonna wait until January for the new year, <laughs> why wait? Why not just do yeah, it you if you're ready smoking. to do it?
2: <laughs> right. That's absolutely true.
1: Or if you say, I wanna start camping, why wait for the new year? Right. Go, if it's July, go, go, tomorrow. go for it. Do it. I mean it. it might
2: be cold, but what the heck? Why not? <laughs> So what's this week's question of the week?
1: So this week's question of the week, I'm curious what your earliest camping memory is. You know, we I have said that I have been camping since before I was born. Yep. Not that I actually remember that. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but I do have some camping memories from when I was a pretty wee lass, as Tony would say. Wow. And I was just curious, did you camp as a kid? Do you have a fun memory? Or did you never camp as a kid and your earliest memory was A year and a half ago when you (laughs) (laughs) bought that travel trailer so you could go on vacation.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, you can answer that and all the other questions of the week at our fun and friendly stressless camping podcast, Facebook. group where there's a bunch of folks there who have remembered their manners.
1: We ask everyone to be kind and polite, and we don't really have to ask very often because everyone is.
2: Yeah, it's it's really a good group there.
1: And, of course, you can find that group by going to stresslesscamping.com, and up in the top right corner are the links to Facebook and Instagram and all those places where we are.
2: Yeah, and while you're there, did you know we did a once-a-week newsletter, and it's absolutely free?
1: Free?
2: Yep, where we have links for stories, videos, and podcasts that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. You can just visit our website at StresslessCamping.com where you can sign up. And remember, we will never share your information with anybody else that would not be stressless camping it would
1: not be so what we use that list for is to send you a once a week newsletter remind you that we're here tell you news that we've heard and that's it that's all we do with it yeah pretty simple
2: don't forget also on stresslesscamping.com we have discounts and deals for the best deals on the things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure
1: And if you've got a great deal that you know about that you think others would enjoy, please let us know and we will work on getting that for people.
2: Absolutely. Of course, we are in all the social and anti-social places. (laughs) But as always, you can start at stresslesscamping.com and from there, jump off and find us all over the place.
1: And of course, you don't want to miss any episode of Stressless Camping. So you can find it on the website or you can find it on any podcast catcher, whichever is your favorite.
2: Yep, we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire
1: And don't forget please a review maybe that could be your resolution is to write a review <laughs> because your reviews really really help
2: the reviews also tell Apple podcasts and now Spotify that hey people are really listening and, and like the podcast and so it helps them to tell the story to others and the more listeners we get the better the guests keep getting so that's your incentive Well, Thank you very much for joining us once again on the Stressless Camping Podcast. We really appreciate your being here. And most of all, happy Happy camping. camping!
0: We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next Stressless Camping Adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week
2: until then happy camping
1: raising the third generation yeah, of the third sports, generation of rv and super i R- can never remember the, the sports
2: rv <laughs> and travel show
1: that's it <laughs> and vacation
2: oh now we're all See? blowing it yeah
1: <laughs> of the show yeah the third generation of Thank show you. manager that is <laughs>